dogs. Welcome back to another episode of Dogs Off the Leash as the UGA Bulldogs come off a huge dominant win over Michigan in the Orange Bowl, 34 to 11. As always, I'm Chido Chibuye and with me is Keegan Chanel and we could both use some oranges and vitamin C right now, but Dog Nation, we are here uh, trying to put together this recap for you and I think we can all breathe a little bit of sigh relief like we have Vic's vapor rub on our chest after (laughs) we finally got to see UGA in the form that they were all season return to a national stage and just out outright dominate a physical Michigan team but they they were not ready for what the dogs brought today Keegan initial thoughts on the performance uh, and then we'll break down what we liked what we saw versus offense and the defensive side of the football Oh, there was a, a real fever down there in Miami. We we had uh, the run game was congested. <laughs> their their pass like game was stifled. <laughs> uh, we had to keep giving them a blanket because <laughs> they weren't sure if it was bedtime or not, the way we were knocking them around. I mean, all uh, virus puns aside, <laughs> it was a great game, man. And, like, we were wondering how the Big Ten big talkers were going to match up. I mean, they had beat an Ohio State team that was just historically – pretty dominant on offense Very. so their defense had, had really shown their uh teeth and you know they got a, a future kind of jj watt white boy uh defensive end kind of dude and aiden hutchinson um uh, you know he's like the third watt maybe he's like a distant cousin or something i don't know yeah and uh you know they had a great edge rush and just everything they were able to do georgia pretty much had an answer for and on the and overall, just on the line of scrimmage, complete domination on either side. And I just did not expect to see Michigan – yeah, Michigan get bullied like they were. And the funny thing is, is like it – without getting too in the weeds, I thought this was kind of how Bama was going to do Cincinnati. Like that's kind of how we like manhandled them. I thought that they were going to be – I thought Bama was going to kind of outclass Cincinnati and, you know, uh, Cincinnati made them struggle and kind of earn it. I thought Georgia bullied and manhandled Michigan. I did not expect that. Obviously, super pleased, super excited. We're back for another national championship appearance, an opportunity to right the ship. And I hope Bama's ready because it's really hard to beat a really good team twice in a month. It, it is. And that's the old adage. But uh, we all know Nick Saban is a different beast. Um, but we, we will get to Bama. We've got a lot to talk about Bama and this rematch, but uh, I wanted to harp on the, the physicality of the Michigan game. I, I don't want to take anything away from Michigan in their conference. They did have a, a see, cause when we, again, when we beat a team, Oh, now Michigan, Oh, they're not that good. It's not that they're mm-hmm. not that good. It's styles make fights. And I said it on the previous podcast and it held true. Doesn't always happen like that, but this time I'm going to, I'm going to brag on a little bit. Michigan, Michigan is a, a poor man's Georgia or where Georgia was a few years ago, right? They want it. They have a good offensive line. 
well, not that good, I guess. Uh, but they want to run the ball with power with the power game. Their quarterback is similar to Stetson to where like he needs a solid running game and a lead and play action to be successful. What we saw, what we saw on New Year's Eve was an offensive line in UGA that looked like they were offended that Michigan got the Joe Moore award and they took it personally. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson is I don't know if he's going to go number one anymore after that performance, but he's not a joke. And so is, uh, uh, is it a job, a job. I don't want to say his name. Uh, totally yeah. wrong. A job. A job. Okay. I think that sounds right. We're going to stick yeah. with that. Sorry. My bad. Yeah. My African, my African brother. I appreciate, I apologize, but we held them to <laughs> zero sacks. And if you watch the clips that are going around Jamari Sawyer, he says he's a guard, but boy, when he's out there <laughs> playing tackle, he will, bro, he will pancake you and it'll be sugar-free syrup all on the top of that or however you want it. Maple straight from New yeah. England, bro. He's nasty. And they were on a mission and that's how they're going to have to play come Alabama. So uh, from the offense, I know you wanted to give Stetson his flowers. I'm not going to do it because I've been riding Stetson. I'm going to let you give Stetson his flowers. And then I'm, we're going to talk a little bit about what Stetson needs to do to do this again and what these numbers that he put up against Michigan really mean for us going forward. Yeah, Stetson was in his lane. He was completely focused. He, I mean, he had to be. And he made big plays when it counted. He was aggressive. He, uh, you know, took a couple of chances, but overall played a clean game of football. And he's just a complimentary player at this point. I mean, he's got a lot of talent around him. He's got great coaches. He's got a scheme that, you know, they're, they're working with what his talents are. I feel like Stetson – he's not as much of a game manager. He's, he's in the system and he's, he stepped up and played a huge game. Now I took a look and my thing is, is like JT Daniels really might be the preeminent future NFL talent. I mean, he's really got like everything uh, to give, you know, the Stetson kind of doubters their reason to, you know, put it into question, but you know, Stetson, his biggest, the biggest knock on Stetson, and the reason we're all talking about this is because he's lost twice, you know, he lost to Bama the second time, but obviously, but going into that, the big loss against Alabama in the 2020 season. The same knocks on Mark Rick, mind you, the same knocks on Mark Rick. It's not that Georgia yeah. don't love Mark Rick, but those were yeah. realistic knocks on a career. I mean, we, right? we want to win. We're, we got a little bit of trauma and tenderness in the area. And then that, you know, big Florida loss. So, um, but, you know, you look at those performances, he – it's not that he couldn't be productive. It's that he made mistakes that cost the team, and then the defense just could not have his back. You know, exactly. both of those games, they gave up 40 points. And exactly. 20 points is not enough when you're turning the ball over. So, that is all justified. I I, I have completely will, you know, say that, you know, Stet and Stetson will have to face that himself. And he's played, you know, in this last huge game, he played amazing. and. You know, he, he's got that on his resume, too. So he we does. have to look at both cases. But what I will say is something that I don't necessarily agree with is that uh, JT is simply just better in big games. To me, JT Daniels has not played in, uh, a team as good as that Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, Florida team uh, or, or the Bama team of 2020. Now, you can't really blame fair, him. He was fair. out. He was, he right. was hurt. Um, so – the fact remains, though. The fact remains. You, you know, you can't you can't hold that against him. He, maybe if he got his opportunity, he would. But saying that the Cincinnati game is his coup de gras, or that the uh, 
Clemson his other game. big big win against Clemson. Those were ten points. Those struggles. Are games. Yeah, he didn't play that well, and he he had an interception and zero touchdowns in both of those games. So to say that uh, he's just you know a guy for the big lights, I don't think. I think it's equally fair to look at Stetson's issues that he's had and kind of challenge what uh, you know JT Daniels has done, and that's just all I have to say about that. But going back just to what Stetson was able to do, he played an amazing game. He put it all together. He had like three first down runs when he needed it. Mm-hmm. He wasn't he wasn't too aggressive, but maybe like one time, which is kind of like his biggest knock as a player. And he played complimentary football, so uh, that's all you can ask from your quarterback. And I feel like Georgia did a great job mixing it up. What did you think when you saw Kenny McIntosh get get the run? They had already set it up before this trick play. Exactly. They had they they had set up a screen to the outside where he ran, and they had been doing that with their backs, but they had just done it with Kenny. They had him running out to the side again, stretching the field, same kind of thing. They bit throws a perfect pass. I heard that they had been messing it up all week, and they were shocked when they got the call on the field. What were you freaking thinking? How what <laughs> like run me through that, dude? I, and I, I heard the same thing, and I, I want to start with that, and then I will. A little bit reluctantly, because the job's not done yet, gives Stetson his flowers. But I want to start off that Todd Munkin called a balanced and explosive game. The UJ offense was, I mean, the best. The it's it's one thing to have a good season like Ohio State and them have, but you have to have sometimes your best offensive games on the biggest stages, and that's what we had against Michigan, which Ohio State couldn't do. That's the difference. We had a hundred, we had 500 plus yards of total offense, 328 passing, 190 yards rushing. And it didn't even look like we were establishing the run game that much. But on that play, that was set up beautifully. And then that's an old school play, a halfback pass. Like you don't see that anymore. And those are the type of things as fans, we're not expecting it. You know, it's not like the fake field goals or the fake punts that everyone saw coming that Kirby's done before. And then like, Bro, why are you doing that? You know, that was a well-timed, well-positioned, well-set-up play. That's offensive coordinating. Play calling, that's – it's beautiful. And um, Stetson, on top of Todd Munkin calling a beautiful game, played his best game. Then I've seen in his career easily. And I want you to note the numbers. 21 of 31, 66% on 300-plus yards passing, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and zero sacks. Mind you, he was under pressure a lot and had some beautiful dimes to James Cook, to uh, Brock Bowers, who makes every quarterback look good, I think, is the situation. But, uh, you know, to my – to Stetson credit and a little bit to my argument, those are JT Daniels-types numbers. Like, when I've been talking about I want JT, 303 touchdowns are what we've seen out of him rolling out of bed. If Stetson can continue right. to play like this, those are offensive MVP numbers. With the running but, game that know, we have, that's, all, that's what it's going to take. That's what it's going to take. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's what it's going to take, especially against Alabama. But the defense is going to have to allow those numbers to show up too. So I want to give credit where well, it's due, but you know we got a challenge coming now. You know we got a challenge coming now. Well, his ability to do that against the Michigan defense that's not just hyped up and highly touted, highly Ooh. against some amazing offenses. So, yeah, I was I was completely impressed with what Stetson did and just making those throws getting hit, man. He did that Dude, like several beautiful times. Beautiful dimes. Man. Beautiful dimes. That's that's tough to do. And for him to be able to do it multiple times in one game totally impressed me. Um what what were your what's your evaluation moving forward with 
how Georgia has been able to handle the spotlight because for many, many, many years there, um, Mark Rick kind of got this reputation and I don't even know if it was owed or what, but you can't deny that Georgia was, you know, coming, was kind of letting the fan base down in big moments, getting a national reputation for that. Now we can all talk about the boogeyman or the bogeyman that uh, Kirby Smart has had to face in Alabama, but in big moments, it seems like it's not a curse at this point, right? You know, it's not, it's not, uh, I, I, maybe it was always performance, but as a fan, I don't, I'm not like shied away from this national championship going forward. And it just seemed like Georgia was an older team uh, ready for the moment in the bright lights against Michigan. And you see Kirby win this huge game. Uh, another big opportunity going to the biggest stage. Uh, one of the big, you know, another one of the biggest highlights of his career on paper, at least. And he's denying the Gatorade bath. He's, He's shying away, and in the words of Kobe Bryant, you know, job not finished. I mean, this mentality that he has brought to the team kind of, to me, goes beyond the, uh, the, the recruiting or the victories or any of, the th- any of these other things, just this locked-in Mamba mindset. Yeah. I love it. Um, how, do you, how do you feel about that transition? Or I don't know. What, do you, what would you respond to that? I, I think it's exactly like you say, like – at this point and throw Michigan into that basket. If it's not an elite top tier team with Nick Saban coaching, I'm not scared of any team in in college football. I I fear absolutely no team on any stage. It is not, it is not. Okay. So if we, what what used to happen is we used to lose, like we lost to South Carolina that one week when Jake Fromm had his little thing. We don't, we don't normally lose games like that anymore. It's because, we are no longer playing other teams. We're playing to a standard and Kirby's messages since he's been here, chop, chopping wood, um, uh, make the main thing, the main thing, pressure is a privilege. All of those things have just stacked on top of each other and we have continued to grow. I mean, when's, I mean, if we don't lose to Alabama, it's, it's becoming a rarity that we're losing to many teams, like unless they're just playing out better than us or it's one of those days, but, I'm not fearing any team. So going into Michigan, I felt like that was going to be the scenario. And all we have to do now, in my opinion, on the Kirby is to stand on top of that mountain. Sometimes when that dam breaks, it stays broken for a while before people can repair it, especially with the transfer portal, the way it is right now. If we can get to that top and just show recruits, like we finally broken through, I think it will be an avalanche from, from there on out. So um, I agree. And, that's that's how I feel about it. And we both know just from all the Twitter rumors about Caleb Williams potentially being a future Bulldog, that would be mind-blowing. And I don't know what the QB room would look is, like. Is that, that something point. that you want? Is that something that you want? Because I've already been and on boards. For me, that's dude. The question. And that's the question. It's like you do if he is – if he is truly going to be – and it's hard to know. No one knows this. But if he was mm-hmm. – if someone did know that he was truly better for next year's season than a, a return of steps and all uh, the most crazy of scenarios, the return uh, of dude, It's going to be – yeah, it's going to be a story for a while. JT could return. Stetson re- could return. Uh, Carson could end up being that guy, make a step. Brock Vandergriff could be everything he's, you know, supposed to be. And that goes to um, my point. The QB room is full. As much as – as good as yeah. I think Caleb Williams is – 
don't think we need him. I but, don't want to. I don't want to start a reputation as Georgia turns into a, a QB mercenary academy. Like we, we needed, yeah. we needed JT Daniels and we needed uh, Jamie Newman to come in and fill a hole that our quarterbacks weren't ready. These guys are going to be Brock, Brock Vandegrift and Gunnar Stockton for sure. Uh, even Carson Beck, like a lot of people want Carson Beck to have his shot. I don't know. I don't know how long he's going to have his opportunity. He may be the one to transfer. Like you said, Stetson may come back. JT may come back. If Stetson wins a national championship and JT comes back to start next season, I'll be the happiest guy in the world because that'll be one season. And then these young guys are going to come right through. That's my ideal yeah. situation. I don't know if I want to jeopardize these guys. Like, I, I don't know, but <laughs> there's going to be a lot of changes. I mean, it's just crazy how, how, how we've gotten to at this point in the free agency of college football. Yeah, and it's too much. It's and too much, many rumors about a possible NIL deal from, I, guess, I don't know how that it would even work. I don't think it's the university that's paying. I don't think that would that, be illegal or still, right? Like, I have no idea. No, I mean, I don't, what it's like, what do people even mean when they say an NIL deal from Georgia might? coax caleb williams over does that mean that the zaxby's in athens is like called him i think it's boosters i think it's probably boosters people that are paying these money and honestly that's it's a good play on him like i want to see which opportunities are best for me who's finna pay me some money who's gonna give me a deal that's what he's saying he is a top tier player and again you see you think south carolina didn't give old buddy buku money to come through south carolina is going to be a legit force in the east next year Regardless of what yeah. you thought about him this year, like they have a Heisman-ish quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like it didn't work out yeah. in Oklahoma, but boy, Shane Beamer ain't no joke. And they, they, I bet you their fans are already talking crazy to Tennessee and <laughs> Florida. Like, ain't nobody talking crap to South Carolina on their pages right now. Nobody. Yeah. You know, now they command respect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They out here wielding all this power, bro. Real dog. Portal is crazy, man. So uh, it can change in one day, bro. A fan base just crying their eyes out at night, just on top of the world. So and and it's like players are recruiting more players than ever because of just like technology, social media. They're they're all connected at these camps. So I mean, I heard I heard one person on Twitter be like, you know, uh you might have seen this too, but they're like, Caleb Williams should just go to South Carolina just to mess with Yeah, this. yeah, I did, bro. That's hilarious. Like, I'm back, bro. I'm back, bro. <laughs> I mean, this is crazy. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a crazy offseason. But uh, this, and I'm probably got us here, but raining us back into the Michigan thing. Yeah, yeah, no worries. You know, my family is uh, from Michigan. Uh, I actually have a, a doll that was mailed to me back many years ago uh, as a recruiting tool to try to convert me to be a big blue Wolverine fan. And luckily it turned out uh, that we were here. We actually had family drop, make the trip from Michigan all the way to Miami, taking pictures saying like, we going to be seeing this smile all night, like getting all hype and stuff. We're and just Congress. Just they were, covers, bro. They were uh, sitting in the Georgia stands. They said they ended up making a lot of friends after they were talking shit. Yeah, like, it's funny how it happens. Yeah. <laughs> y'all want anything to drink? Yeah, yeah, y'all thirsty. Hey, 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 y'all thirsty. Run, run, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, hey, your quarterback playing well. Oh, the backup? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, I like him. <laughs> yeah, he's good. But uh, so I thought that was fun. But, you know, Michigan, 
the wave I got, you know, the three or four people I was actually able to talk to, surprisingly, Michigan fans, were saying, like, man, our season's already made. Like, we beat Ohio State. Like, that's yeah. our national championship. Yes, dog. dude, like, they've been waiting for a season like this for a long, long time. So, so they were just – I mean, for them to, you know, get in the playoffs, they got that uh, dual-threat QB. I expect them to, to be back maybe in the playoff, uh, especially, you know, I don't know what what is or what are do you know what their plans on are for expansion? Like, is it going to be next year? Is it going to be the season after? Is it, it eight? 12? They better hurry it up, whatever they do, dude. Because I'm tired <laughs> of seeing like the rest of bowl season. Like, okay, at least the New Year's Eve team, like the teams that are in the regular New Year's Day games. I want those teams to feel like they're relevant. Uh, like, yeah. I understand some people wanting to go, like, getting ready to go to the NFL, taking off what happened to Matt Corral was terrible, and that's why people don't play. But if you feel like you're playing at least for an opportunity to win a national title, it's good for everybody. It's good. See, the thing is, NCAA, once they realize that money will increase when they do this, they'll hop on board. That's all they need, somebody just to show them that the money will be there. That's all they need. Well, do you – I mean, do you realize, and I'm sure you – probably do but like james cook probably lifted his he might have jumped around from the game he had. exactly phenomenal his exactly. home was incredible and you know other players for georgia had really stepped up darren kendrick raised his stock even exactly high. like you cannot tell me that these games do not matter they totally do and you, you can drop your stock but you can raise it just the same so and that's and, that's the opportunity you're not giving yourself like you just well, made yourself a couple million or lost yourself a couple million in some situations so look exactly. at it that way take a risk if, sometimes if you know you're a top if you think you might be a top you know three round guy then you know you should you should do what you can to maximize yes where you can get drafted because that check's going to become harder. Now, if you know you're probably a developmental guy, uh, you know, and you're just dead set on that, then I don't know. You know, you have to make that decision. But you with be this NIL with money, yeah, with the ability to cash in on the NIL early, you know, a lot of guys probably should. Like someone like Jamie Newman should have signed a, a deal with Canes. You know, chicken uh, got some money in his pocket, bought a car, got a little house, and then raised his draft stock. But he he went on a prayer in a preseason, uh, you know, estimation of what he was supposed to be, and now he's he's hopped on like six practice. And you know and what it kind of comes down to? It's, it's like an old, old an old adage: if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. So he decided mm-hmm. I'm going to stay neutral and not play a whole bro. You got to stay in the conversation these days more than anything. You've got yeah. people even even look even Stetson Bennett is in more conversations than Jamie Newman because he's been, he had a one good game and like all this criticism, he's still in the conversation. You cannot stay neutral while other people are just climbing these boards, climbing exactly. these boards. You have to make noise. Sometimes even bad noise, you can still put out, you can lose and still put out good film. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not wins and losses with the NFL. Like you can be at a D2 school. If you're balling, if you're balling, somebody's going to call you, bro. Somebody's going to call you. Whoever gave him that advice, bro, they did him a, a real disservice. And I hope it works well, out for him, but goodness. Me too, but, it, I mean, it should be a lesson. It's that whole uh, thing, speaking of adage, it's like, I don't know, I'm, I'm actually, not, I know I'm butchering this, but it's like one, it's like one in the hand is better than two in the bush. Yeah, yeah. You know, the it's like, this, you know, but it's like, that. at some point you just, these players rightfully so get these big eyes about this money. 
And at the end of the day, college really should be an opportunity to become the best player you can be. Because even if you sign one of these big contracts that's real lucrative, you you will be screwing yourself over if you don't develop develop to the top of your ability. Like the NFL will just expose you if you get that contract. Like you'll be you'll be labeled a bust at that Mm -hmm. point. It's it's like so. I just I I think that at some point the NIL money the the bowl games like just credibility and just meaning and value like you're saying that all will come to a head and hopefully uh, players will have a strategy on how to navigate these things because like yeah with the game you know I don't know I don't know if it was worth it or not for Matt Corral to play that game but you know we're talking about his you know his injury and uh, things of that nature and it, it is a shame but like I give him really props that for playing that's I give him props a, that's just for going out there bro yeah that that is a different conversation though there's something too about NFL owners not wanting to see someone not be a team player but uh just in general we're gonna add these games shorten the season you know because ultimately that's what you're talking about you're talking about more games more chances of injury you can neutralize that fix that on a statistical level you know there might be the psychological oh it's an extra game you know, people might be more apprehensive, but like if you just shorten the season, that levels off the numbers. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that takes care of itself. So, you know, these are college players. We should uh, get rid of these like powder puff games, you know, trim this, trim the season down. I mean, it was not, but a few years ago that that dude got paralyzed, that Georgia played that team, that, that kid had no business being on the field. And that was a tragedy is I know, uh, you know, the, the person who did it uh, didn't mean to hurt him like that, but it's, it should have just never even been the situation. And to me, I feel like someone in college football has got to have leadership and a vision for these things because it's a mess and the sport is suffering because of it. And they're going to need to like regulate the NIL money. Think about these things because before you know it, like we're going to have, I mean, this like with the way the internet's going, the way the world's going, uh, the XFL's getting started. Like that would have had, like it, it's just going to get crazy if they don't get their crap together. College football is going to be ruined going forward. Like it, it at least is in jeopardy uh, what it can be. I know Kirk Herbstreit caught a lot of crap recently for his comments. Uh, I don't, I don't know how this plays out, but all I know is that the future for Georgia definitely looks bright. And hopefully that Kirby Smart is considering all these things and trying to be a pragmatic coach of the future. I think that is the one thing Georgia definitely has an edge over Bama going forward is just we have a younger coach who's a little bit more in touch with how college football is changing. And as uh, even though he's maybe been resistant to certain things, he's not like Dabo, who's just now kind of like getting his hands wet in the transfer portal and really suffered because of it. So. Um, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, on the on the changes happening currently? Unfortunately, the powers that be, the only vision and the only place they're trying to lead each other and the people at the top is into more dollar signs. And uh, too often they are reactionary versus proactive. Um, they won't pay attention until some big story happens about somebody. Uh, taking some money from a kid or some kid working the system or, or yada, 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 or some, or they lose money or, or whatever the case may be. That's, that's how they are. The NCAA is still going to be the NCAA. They act like they got these kids uh, 
that their favor in mind. That's not the case. They're worried about dollar signs. But NIL, NIL side, I, I want to touch on the defensive side of the football before we uh, drift too far down the rabbit hole. Um, offense, offense was great. But I think we've been waiting for the offense to be great uh, for a minute. But we forget the defense has been great all season. And finally, finally, they caught up and, and showed us what, what they've been. The defensive front was fast and physical. Havoc was on the menu for today, four sacks, two interceptions. And I don't know if, if you notice, but something that I think I took away from the Michigan game, which I hope we see during the Alabama game, there was a lot less Jordan Davis on the field at many, many times during the game. Did you, did you happen to catch that at all when you were watching the defense or have you rewatched the game? I, I did not really catch that, uh, but it, it kind of does make sense in a way. I feel like something that Bama did really well was they were able to keep Jordan Davis on the field. You know, they played more of a hurry-up style. And, you know, Jordan Davis isn't a, a three-down guy, you know, right now. He, he He's a big dude, and this is like big dudes, period, are going to get winded. And I thought it was a really smart strategy of Bama kind of playing that hurry-up style. And uh, I don't know how much of that had to do with Michigan. Now they were playing. We were able to switch our guys out or if it was more so uh, a strategy. But either way, we were able to get our edge rushers in a better position and reach, like, you know, wreak havoc, like you were saying. And that, to me, was like the biggest failing of what we did against Bama is we just got away from wreaking havoc. And Bryce Young is just too good to, to leave that in his hands. And he was just able to pick us apart completely. So, to me, I thought that uh, – I, th I think, you know, we've switched guys out all season and rotated guys out. And I saw, like, even Julian Rochester <laughs> made it. It seems like he played in the last national title. Uh, so, you know, I, I feel like we were just rotating our guys out more. But Jordan Davis had a huge play running down a running back. Man, that was – he ate that guy up. I mean, that was the kind of play we've been uh, kind of – wait. that would have been a when – he, when he had some highs and highs, that was kind of one of the ones he needed. But – uh Man, what a big play. And just overall, fantastic pursuit and nose for the football. Like, And lucky uh, Chris Smith was able to retain his position in the following game and only get a uh, targeting suspension in the, from the first half. But, yeah, overall, those are like kind of big takeaways and things I just remember off the top talking here now. But, yeah, just amazing pursuit. And N'Kobe Dean is just the king of, like, keying up and knowing where he needs to be. Everyone did their freaking job. Like, do you think from this game? I know we don't get too ahead, but obviously we're a little. I'm. I'm. I'll speak for myself. I'm a little antsy about that next one. Do you think that Georgia took that next step with their defense? I mean, they've been dominant all year, but to do it against a team like Michigan that at least uh, has a lot more potential. And you know, when they they made some plays, they're able to move the football. But we just every time they did something, we had an answer for it after. Uh, after that and they could not break us do you think we made that next step in that in this game i don't think i honestly don't think we we're going to be able to tell until we play and beat alabama uh again every yeah. we can do this to any other team in the country i really believe that um it was a complete game i think position wise offense defense at every position we are better than alabama i still think that the the truth of it is though that when bryce young is on the field he is the best player on the field. And when uh, 31 on the defense, when he's on the field, he is the best player on the field. 
and too often we're letting them wreck our game plans excuse me but we've got the tools to do it i mean we held michigan uh, a team that rushes for 223 yards to 88 yards um they, they have three points going into the fourth quarter and that's a pretty that's a pretty stout offense but their style is different from alabama and styles make fights uh darren kendrick showed up we have players all over the field two picks defensive mvps and just some observations that i think we need to harp on going into alabama which we are going to need to either get better at or to continue if we want to beat them we scored on our first five drives of the game got on top of michigan and it was domination for the rest of the night james cook is a massive weapon, just like Brock Bowers and uh, George Pickens, who I hope we see more of. Uh, Jermaine Burton, I'm telling you, bro, too many weapons out there for them to stop. But James Cook, if you play fantasy, you know what uh, a PPR monster looks like. That's James Cook. They are PPR weapons to this day. But the defense, I don't think that Jordan Davis not being on the field was just a rotation type of thing. I think Kirby has made it a point to put more uh, Devontae Wyatt, more Jalen Carter, more um rochester more agile guys and and we still were able to help hold the pass rush to a decent number i want to see more disruptors on this defense being featured by by that i mean nicobe dean um and nolan smith between them between them nicobe had seven tackles on his own a sack attack for loss and a forced fumble nolan smith had eight total tackles leading the team a sack a tackle for loss a pass breakup and a forced fumble which michigan ultimately recovered that's what we're going to need, disruptors. I love Jordan Davis, but his role on this team, why he didn't win a Heisman or wasn't there, he is a run stopper. He clogs the interior line. And we've already seen yeah. Alabama's not going to run the ball into him because they know it's pointless. That's, that's his bread and butter. So those are changes we're going to have to – that we're going to have to uh, take advantage of. And as far as Brock Bowers, he is the momentum shifter on offense, and he's going to be healthy enough with that shoulder injury or – got lucky enough to not be too injured where he's going to be able to lead us in Alabama. So I liked what I saw from Michigan. I just don't want to get too up because it's going to be a different game, completely different game, completely different mindset next week. Um, But hopefully we've learned our lesson and this rematch will serve us well as a revenge game. I think so, man. I think we, I think we're where we'd want to be with the mindset part of it. And honestly, just like a probability thing, just like I think if we knock on the door of a national title, enough times we can get two, maybe three and that's all you can ask for. Yeah. That's all you can ask for. Just like that. I think that if you, you know, this isn't really the same, like this Georgia team is as talented as the Alabama teams. Like I, back in the day when Georgia would lose to Bama, I just really didn't think we had the depth to do it. And I, you know, we, we could have played better too, but, and they outplayed us still. So it's not like it was all just one thing, but with this team, I just feel like it's hard. I feel like you have a 50-50 shot of beating a team uh, twice that is as a little bit better than you or as good as you on paper. And then the the odds of doing it in a month, the odds of uh, doing it like eight times in a row, uh, I just don't think the odds are in their favor. It's just like when, you know, a, a rivalry game with two teams that have been like really close and one team's won five in a row. It's just like, dude, if you hit heads five times, you're going to get tails. Like I think Georgia will show up and it's, if they win, it won't be because of a coin flip, you know, because Georgia finally did their job and got their shit together and whipped Bama's ass. But <laughs> that said, I think that like, if you're trying to do that, if you're as good as Georgia, if you're uh, 
as, you know, dominant as Bama has been and lucky as Bama has been, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not scared of it. And I think that eventually Georgia's got to put it together and God, they got so much talent. So hopefully they, you just can't let Bryce Young do what he did to you. You can't let him have 600 yards. And if you do, it, it means he's got hit 20 times and he's just had the best game that anyone ever had. Like if he's, if he has the best game anyone ever had, basically just kills it, knocks everything down. You give him all you got. And he did that. Okay, cool. But if he's getting no pass rush, got all the time in the world, everything's just easy. That's not Georgia football. That's not the kind of precedent we got to set. And then, you know, you're going to struggle against anyone if you let them sit back and do that to you. So, uh, you know, it's like good luck with Spencer Rattler next year, whoever mobile quarterback we play that if you're not going to pass rush them. <laughs> like, so I, I think that Georgia's in a good spot and mindset wise, like, man, these guys played mad. They didn't play like they had it in the bag. They played pissed off against Michigan and put the put Michigan was not ready for the physicality. Aiden Hutchinson got sons. He got put in the dirt. George Pickens was bullying people. Our backups, you know, got that targeted call. Uh, I mean, it was just a dirty game in the sense of like we were putting it to Michigan. I almost felt bad for him a few times. Like they were not expecting that at all. They got shown up. Like, we are not Ohio State. Ohio, like, they just hadn't seen anything like that all year, and it was pretty obvious. So, I think that Georgia's going to be playing pissed against Bama. And, you know, it's, it, I I think that's about as you can feel as good about as, as you can feel about it with that. So, I know they'll be ready. Um, Listen, if we learn from our mistakes in the Bama game, I think we just put ourselves in a position. We've earned our way back here uh, as has Bama. And we're going to have a hell of a preview uh, when this Bama game comes up because there are just so many, so many tinkering, so many, so many changes that are going to be made. But again, football is a pretty simple game. It's about numbers and spacing, uh, being physical and being the more desperate team sometimes. And I think Alabama was playing for a national championship the last time they saw us while we were playing for the SEC championship. And I, I heard a commentator make that point, and I think it's very true. Um, but now it's even for both of us. So we're going to see who comes out more desperate. Now, Kirby has been good in rematch games. Uh, I don't want that to be the focus. I just want to beat Alabama for the title. I want to win a national championship, and Kirby's on the same wavelength. We've been working on us for the past 30 days, not working on yeah. Alabama. Like This team is good enough to win a title. Now it's about executing, having a good game plan and going out there and doing it. It's that simple. Um, but Nick Saban, again, he don't give out dubs. That's not what he does. He's going to be completely ready. If he's got to throw the ball 40, 50 times again, he will do it. If he wants to run the ball and they take Jordan Davis out, he will do it. We have got to be about the same mindset, that we have the weapons and we have the coaches to attack their weaknesses. They're without Mechie, so we can bracket Jameson Williams. And their safety, I think, is still out for this game. So if it means Bowers pressing him, Pickens pressing him, Burton pressing him, whatever it takes, we've got to do that. But we'll save that for the uh, the preview, and it's uh, it's going to be a good one. Dog Nation, enjoy this win. I'm going to have to cop me a couple uh, Orange Bowl T-shirts or something. But I really – I want this title, bro. Curry taking – saying no to that Gatorade bath. I think that's how a lot of us feel. Like, as good as it was to beat Michigan, I really don't even care. I really don't even care. It's a great win. I think we put them in their place, but I knew we were the better team and that they were going to struggle because this is what we're good at. It's what we've always been good at. This next one, job's not finished. Until that time, 
second national title appearance of the Kirby Smart era, and we're only what five years in. Yeah, a you Rose Bowl, know. an Orange Bowl, couple number one, one classes, one whole recruiting cycle with with his guys doing it, and that's what this that's the results what we're seeing. So, you know, everybody enjoy it. Y'all stay safe. Go dogs. Hey, go dogs. You know what it is. Off the leash. Off the leash. I do it for the dogs. <laughs>